That's it. We're on live. Okay, see you next week. <laughs> Jonesy's Jukebox, Carol OS, live from the Viper Room with my guest, Alice Cooper. How are you doing? Good, as always. Thanks, thanks you, you for coming. You have a lot of power in your little hand. You just go like that and they go, right? That's what they say. I like it. <laughs> Stop it. Don't get me started. Everything goes there with me. <clears throat> Not that that's active anymore. <laughs> oh, man. So what's happening? You got a, you got a gig coming up. Oh, so, I got some, Australia got coming gigs. up. Yeah, we got a thing with uh, we're going to Australia on the first and um, doing a uh, the big concert, you know, for like a relief from the fire over there. Oh with, yeah, with Queen. Yeah, us and Queen, and it's about sixty five thousand people. Yeah, and a uh, bunch of bands, weird bands. So it's like Queen, Alice Cooper, Michael Bublé. You know, Who's that? Uh, it's a it's like. Blibbly, Everybody blibbly. that's there at the point is going to be at this concert. Yeah. So it's but but sixty five thousand people. And that's, I mean, ha, how many ever heard of a country on fire? You know, maybe a, a house, maybe yeah. a city, but not a the whole country is on fire. Is it still still, it's still burning? burning? Yeah, it's crazy. I know, I remember years ago hearing that they would actually start brush fires deliberately. Yeah, but this is the whole interior. Yeah. Of, the size of America. It's not in the cities, though, right? It's it, just... it burned all the whole outback, but now everybody lives on the cities, and that's where, you know, it, it's not going to yeah. stop till it gets to the ocean. You can answer that phone if you want. Um, so a lot, of, a lot of bands are going there, I think. Billy Idol just went there. I think he's doing a thing yeah. where he's giving his, the dough away yeah. to the... I, well, I mean, you know, it's, it's like uh, Australia... Great rock country. I mean, you get over there, and the, the audiences are really high-energy audiences. And, you know, a lot of good bands came out of there. I remember, I love that band, Jet. Jet was band, good. Great rock band. A later band, yeah. Snotty little rock band, you know, uh, uh, which is I like. The attitude was great. Rose Tattoo yeah. was a good band. Yeah. The Saints yeah. was a good band yeah. in the punk days. Uh, well, we have that. What was the, the other BG? Frank Oh, no, no, the uh, AC, band called ACDC. I oh, think that, you've heard that of them. Lot, yeah. 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 Remember yeah. Frank Highfield? Uh, yeah. I remember yeah. you. He yeah. kind of yodeled. He had a yodel in it. And the other guy that went to, to jail, uh, he did all the funny songs, Tie Me Kangaroo Down. Oh, Rolf Harris. Rolf Harris, yeah. Did he go to jail? I, well, he got in a little trouble for some... Some naughtiness. Yeah. Some, but late in life. Yeah. Like 86, you know. At 86, if, if you're caught with a 16-year-old girl, you should, like, get an award, I think, you know. <laughs> oh, you mean he was 86 when he started fiddling? No, I think he was doing it, but he didn't get caught till he was really old, uh, from what I understand. Uh, but we did Sunrise. Remember that song, Sunrise? Sunrise, early in yeah. the morning. Yeah. yeah, we did that song on this the is Love all, We're talking gibberish to people in the audience. Yeah. They have no idea. Anyways, he was a famous guy in He Australia. was big in England, and he could draw faces like right there. That oh, was, really? He had, a, he had a TV show. That was oh, his whole thing. That. He was a yeah, and he, he, he was a good musician. He drew. We, everyone used to watch his show. Yeah, yeah. Tiny yeah. kangaroo down, down mate. Tiny kangaroo down. <laughs> it, it'll never be covered. Don't worry. <laughs> um, 
But where's what it? What's what you're gonna? What you're doing for like? What what is money going to? Firemen? Like what's what's money for? It's for I think fires? it just uh, you know, I I think it's too. There a lot of people got even though nobody lives there and there's still animals. People a lot there. of animals. Five hundred million animals. That's died. a lot, man. Well, I think of it this way. Now it, there's not one snake in Australia that's not poisonous. Every single snake there is poisonous. And the fire's going this way, and Sydney's here. Where are the snakes going? They're going underground. Sydney. They're all going to Sydney. Don't they go down there? Might be the most dangerous place in the world. <laughs> well, they go under. Yeah, but I mean, they're still, they're getting, they're getting drawn this way. Yeah. So. I'm surprised that um, like animals are normally hip to when there's something happening, and they just scarper the other way. Koala bears sleep 22 hours a day. Yeah. Now, you probably wouldn't think that I would know that. <laughs> but I do. And so they're asleep, and here comes a fire, you know, and they just wipes them all out. The kangaroos yeah. can get out of the way. They can run. Yeah. You know? And also, they can't survive if they can't eat... Uh... At eucalyptus. Yeah. That's, yeah. All they, that's all they can eat. Yeah. What a shame. You're on that diet right now, right? The eucalyptus I'm on the eucalyptus diet, diet. yes. Yeah. It's yeah. the new one. It's not paleo, it's the eucalyptus diet. <laughs> it's good. I'm losing weight. Um, but it'll be fun, though. The Australian... Uh, I, I got to tell you a great story about Australia. The very first time I went there, I'm, I, you know, it's 27 hours to get there. And you finally get out there, you know, and you're jet-lagged, and there's, this, you know, there's a patio about 10 stories up. And I go out in the patio, and there's thousands of kids down there. And they're all going, and I'm going, I'm huge here. And I didn't know that. And what I didn't realize was that ABBA was staying right above uh. me. And they're going, ABBA, ABBA. <laughs> and there's one guy down there with a top hat going, Alice, you know, and they killed him. But I thought, man, I'm so big here. Then I look up, I go, oh. Sorry, it wasn't Funny. for me. <laughs> that the the uh, the name Alice Cooper, like people associate Alice Cooper with not the band but you. Well, it it, it evolved to that. The but original I, originally the band was Alice Cooper, like Manfred Mann. There was nobody named Alice Cooper in the band. Yeah, it was just the name of the band. Yeah, and the reason we we did that was we were the Naz before that. And then Todd Rundgren's band right, was the Naz. We right, found that out. Right. We were coming to L.A. and we had to change the name. And I thought, you know, we came up with all kinds of names. There was the Husky Baby Sandwich, you know, <laughs> and things like that. They were just disgusting names. And I said, why don't we go the other way? I said, what if we call ourselves like a name for a little old lady that lives down the block that makes cookies for everybody? And I was thinking Betty Crocker, that kind of name. And the first name I said was, you know, like, like Alice Cooper. And it stuck. It just stuck. Because we were wearing the makeup. Didn't it we come up on a Ouija board? The Ouija board never happened. That was just... Yeah, the Ouija board was... A, a friend of mine and his mother did a Ouija board. And they said, who's Alice Cooper? And they said, Vincent Fernier. And da, 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 they went on and on. And I believe that about as far as I can throw the Viper Club. Yeah. You know? Uh, but then 13th century witch and all this. And I said, well, that's a much better story than... Just we came out of it. Yeah, yeah. It's, got, <laughs> so, it's, it's already starting with the. Uh, it had the a great mystique to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, we had already 
we were already glam. I yeah. mean, we were already a glam, hard rock, Detroit glam band, which yeah. was weird because the two things kind of went against each other. Yeah. And I said, but if we call ourselves Alice Cooper, they're expecting a blonde folk singer. Yeah. And they get us, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And one of the great, the first time we played as Alice Cooper, we played at a place called the Cheetah Club. And it was Lenny Bruce's birthday party. And it was the Doors, and it was all these great bands, you know, in their prime. And we went on last. Everybody in that audience, there were 6,000 people on acid in the audience. And they were, oh, it's so groovy to be here, you know, it's so great. And then all of a sudden, the lights come up, and there's, we all look like the Joker, you know. And this is in 1968. Yeah. When, and... It was like springtime for Hitler. The whole audience was... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we cleared that room yeah. in two songs. And Frank Zappa heard about that and said, I want them. You know, yeah. anybody that can clear a room that quick, he says, has got something. And Shep was there. Yeah, yeah. Shep goes, yes, this yeah. is going to be good. Yeah. You know, but we started out with Out in the Street by The Who. Yeah. You know, that great thing. You know. And the lights come. We didn't have downlight. We had uplighting, so it was that. You really look not great. Yeah, and yeah. nobody had ever seen horror rock at that time, so this was really scary. Yeah, we put everybody on a bad trip for about. Do you remember screaming, Lord Such? You know, we had never heard of him till we went to England. Yeah, we had never. We'd heard of um, uh, uh, Hawkins, you know, uh, and but I'd never heard of screaming, Lord Such. When I went to England, everybody said, "Oh, yes." Yeah, you're, you're doing probably, Screaming Lord Such. Yeah. And I went, I've never heard of Screaming yeah. Lord Such. He was much more of a, you know, England, they owned him, but he never made it across America. Plus, he never had any songs. Yeah, well. Jimmy Page actually played on some of his yeah, stuff. Yeah, so. Jimmy Page played on everybody. And he was a, but a lot of people don't <laughs> know this, he was a session player. He was. He played, he played on, on Tom Jones's, yeah. not unusual. He was uh, a session dude. He, I think he was on um, all of Donovan's stuff, or Jeff Beck and him both. Yeah. You know? But um, he also played on, uh, I think, uh, Tobacco Road, Nashville Teens. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's definitely not anybody in that band. Yeah. Yeah. we got to go and uh, play a song. We're going to play a little song called 18 by Alice Cooper. Yeah. Yeah. You're listening to Jonesy's Jukebox on Cal OS, live from the Viper Room, with Alice Cooper. You guys kill that song. Huh? You guys kill that song. Yeah. Yeah. Does anyone know who that was playing right then? Anyone? You know. What was it called? Elected. Yeah, that was me, Duff, Billy Duffy from the cult and Matt Sorum. And we knocked it knocked it up around ninety-six. That was the end of it. The next yeah. thing I know, a year ago, it was on iTunes. When we wrote that song, we wrote that as a tribute to Pete Townsend. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, that was totally... Well, actually, that riff is also a Hendrix riff. After ours. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> no, it was Dolly Dagger. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but that song, you know, it, it was number one in England because it was 
and we are not political. Our band is so not political. It's it's you know, uh, we the we're the vacation from politics. But on that song, every four years we put it back in the set. Yeah. Like this year we're gonna you know last year we had uh, Trump and uh, what was her name? Uh, yeah, yeah Clinton, and they would come out at the end. <laughs> And they would kind of shake hands, and yeah. then he'd pat her on the butt, you know. And yeah. then she'd kind of push him, and pretty soon they're in an all-out fist fight. Yeah. And then at the end, there's this big kiss, this big, you know, romantic kiss, and they go off hand in hand. And that was like the end of the show. And people, <laughs> they love the fact that, you know, that they're beating each other up on stage. But that song's the perfect backdrop for that, you know. Why so this year, we don't know who it's going to be. Why do you, do you think no one's ever used that? That song in in, a, in an election. I have no idea. It's bizarre, right? It's it's uh, maybe it's too hard rock for them. It could be maybe. too hard rock. They you always know, you, use songs that are like winds of change. Well, you, no, you know? um, um, Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, yeah. What yeah. was the Fleetwood Mac one when Clinton won? Yeah. <laughs> la, 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 la. What was that one? Don't stop. Yeah. 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 Don't stop believing that kind of thing. You know, uh, well, they want to appeal to Mid America, whereas you know, I think. Elected might be a little bit hard rock for them. Really? I, I, I think anybody from Detroit running would certainly use it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you guys killed it, though. That's, but that's an awfully good band you're talking about. There. Yeah. You know. We could all play a little bit. Duff was an original vampire, you know. Yeah. yeah he, was a, he was a vampire. And, and, and Matt, too. Right. Matt played in the, in the vampires, too. And then uh, Duff got busy. Definitely, the last thing we expected was Guns N' Roses to get back together, you know. Yeah. But they did, and I tell you what, they, it was like a rebirth. All of a sudden, Axel's early. Yeah. I wonder what happened, because he was so notorious. Bill Cosby becomes a rapist, you know. Uh, the world's greatest athlete becomes a woman. Axel's early. <laughs> That's all in that world right there, you know. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 18, the song we played before, uh, Elected. Um, <clears throat> I was going to tell you, but I wanted to save it on the air because it, uh, it was important. That, that was a big song for the Sex Pistols. When, when, uh, when we were looking for a singer, we was at, with Malcolm McLaren, yeah. and we was going to audition John, yeah. Johnny Rotten, and uh, <clears throat> we went to the pub in Kings Road, around the corner from where Malcolm's shop was. And uh, we had a few pints. And we're like, okay, well, let's go back to the shop. There's a jukebox in there. And what song is on the jukebox that we play and John mimes to? Yeah. It's elected. I mean, not elected. Uh, Jesus. 18. 18. Yeah. Sorry. And so that had a big significance for us. And he killed it he was just taking the mick that's great I, that's, heard, I, he, I heard that he used to go down and and uh and the subways and he and somebody else it might have been sid i'm not sure who it was but he and somebody else would go down there and, you know and they play songs that everybody likes you know play songs right but he was singing 18 i love the dead <laughs> these horrific alice cooper songs yeah. you know busking down there you know and that's <laughs> It was always funny to hear somebody doing the, picking those songs. Yeah, you know. Well, he's definitely a big fan of you. Yeah, he's we a all good was. Guy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He, even you know, in seventy two, seventy three. Yeah, we used to, you know, 
well, you were we, big. Like, what I could never figure out was why you were big there and Kiss was never big there. Well, we were kind of the original, you know. And so I think what it was when we first came to England, people thought we were British. They actually thought we were British because there weren't any theatrical American bands. Yeah. And here we we come over there and we, we realized that the British loved the Hollywood publicity stunt. Yeah. And they loved it. Screaming and so old that was that's what we lived on. Yeah. So Shep gets a picture of me that Avedon did With naked. Driving on a Except blurry. a snake coming, this giant snake and, and he was a billboard. Yeah. And hires a lorry, a, a truck to yeah. go to Piccadilly Square on Friday afternoon and stall it. Yeah. Stall the truck, stop traffic all over in London. And there are pictures on the front page and realize that we thought, well, we're going to jail. We know that. Yeah. You know. And they loved it. They loved the idea that we did it. Yeah. You know, to put them on. And so we said, oh, we have a home here now, you know, because we're going to have a lot of fun with this audience. When we did Welcome to My Nightmare, the day after we did Welcome to My Nightmare at Wembley, kids on the street were wearing top hats, black under their eyes. It changed the whole goth thing was born. Yeah. You know, it was born right then. You know, yeah. I was going, look at that kid over there. Wow. Yeah. Because it was like a whole new style. There was a new swagger on, on the street. You know. You sure they weren't ABBA fans? They were probably ABBA fans. ABBA was much darker than we were in a lot of ways. <laughs> oh, man. That's good. That's good. Who was, was Shep Golden, your manager, the old ma- manager forever? Yeah. 51 years now. Yeah. Yeah. Is he still in Hawaii? Here. Is he still cooking? He's here. He's still cooking, but still the all-time manager. You know, he's like the guy. The way I met Shep was this. We were so poor. We were living in the Chambers Brothers basement. Basement in on Crenshaw in Watts during the riots. We couldn't put our heads up because there was a tank on the, on yeah. the front. But Jimi Hendrix knew the Chambers Brothers, really well. And Shep was probably doing something extremely illegal at the Landmark Hotel. Yeah. And uh, everybody lived there. Jimi Hendrix lived there. Janis Joplin lived there. Everybody lived at the Landmark. And uh, Jimmy said to Shep, he says, Shep, you're going to get caught, you know, because you're the young guy with a lot of money and everything. You need to be a manager. I know this band that needs a manager. And he brought us over. Jimi Hendrix brought us over to meet Shep. I opened the door, and I couldn't see that far for smoke. <laughs> it was just a wall of smoke. And we, like, parted the smoke, and then there on the couch, there's all these guys that were, you know, Morrison and Hendrix and all these guys were sitting there just like, <laughs> like that. And I went, that's our manager. Yes. <laughs> but we've been together 51 years. And we still don't have a contract. We have no contract. It's just I trust him. He trusts yeah. me. You know. Was he was he a big part of publicity? He was the guy that, if it was outrageous, he was involved in it. Did he come up with ideas? All the all you know. He would sit there and he said, "What about this?" We dropped panties on from the, the Hollywood Bowl. From right? the Hollywood Bowl show. From a helicopter. Yes. Hire a helicopter. We got panties on the School's Out album. And so when you opened up your, when you were 13 or 14, Monday morning, you open up your desk. We had desks back then, right? 
And if you could produce a pair of panties, you were the guy. You were the man. <laughs> Even though they were probably your sisters. You know. But you'd open up your desk and you'd go. And so I said, let's put panties instead of a record sleeve yeah. on the inside. They open the desk and there's a pair of panties. and oh. So we did that for the first 100,000 copies of that. And I, Shep goes, we dropped panties from a helicopter. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah, that's a good idea. And I went, okay. And here's the panty. Guy comes over and drops the panty. Everybody in the Hollywood Bowl is you know, pelted with panties. You know. I mean, and he wouldn't let it go there. So when that died down, he says, let's make sure that the panties are, aren't fireproof. So we get busted for that. So he would call up and he'd say, hey, I got these panties and uh, they caught fire. And uh, so they banned the panties now. We couldn't use them anymore because they weren't fire. Well, who's lighting a cigarette down here anyways? You know, yeah. but he, he kept milking it for whatever yeah, yeah. it was worth. But that was Shep. You know, that was, uh, he was great at the Hollywood publicity yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, and that that one show you did at the Hollywood Bowl with a uh, screaming old such on a, on an yeah. elephant, yeah. Uh, a camel. Well, we, we had a yeah, camel? we had Wolfman Jack, Wolfman uh, Jack, Wolfman Jack on a camel, and uh, Elton John and Bernie Toppin were in the front row, and they're trying to catch the panties. You know, it was really, I mean, it was really, an, it was hell's a poppin', is yeah. what it was. It was like anything could happen on that stage, and it introduced us to it, sort of the, the idea that. Well, Modern just to play there, to yeah. play there was a publicity stunt because yeah. you before that it was all nice stuff, right? Yeah, oh and yeah. And there's you guys there. Oh yeah, we we made sure every parent hated us, <laughs> yeah, which was if the parents hate you, the kids will love you, but you still had to come up with the songs. Sure. If we had a nine-hour rehearsal, eight hours was on the music. I mean, we re- we were up against Led Zeppelin, we were yeah. up against everybody, so you had to be a great band, live band, before you even thought about recording. Yeah. You know, that was just part of it. Yeah. You had great songs. Well, that was in Ezra and came in, then it took great, good songs and made them great songs. Yeah. You know. We're going to uh, play a song, actually, but I don't think Bob had anything to do with this song. It's I Wish I Lived in Beverly Hills. Do you know that song? Which one? I Wish I Lived in Beverly Hills. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah that was, was actually that David Talk- Foster. Dave E produced that? Yeah, David Foster produced this one. Did you yeah. write it with uh, Bernie Talkman? Yeah, Bernie and I wrote that. Uh, yeah. Bernie was my best friend, so... When we, we started writing from the inside, I just got out of the hospital for alcoholism, right? And I said, everybody I met in this hospital is somebody we need to write about. And so there was this one girl that was born in Beverly Hills and had everything she could have, but she was still insane. So, you know, but we tried to stump each other. I'd write a line, he'd write a line, and he would end the line with orange. You know, like, rhyme that. And I said, oh, you mean like a door hinge? And he goes, oh. <laughs> ah. So like I a got game him of chess. I, I ended it with month. Try to, try to rhyme month. Unless you have a speech impediment. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a game of chess. Yeah. He well, is known for some writing some good lyrics. He's though. a pretty good lyric writer. But we were like, we were like uh, you know, uh, best friends for a really long time. Cool. And uh, writing lyrics with him was really fun. Because it was just like ping pong. Yeah. You know, he'd write a line, I'd write a line, he'd write a line, I'd write a line. <laughs> well, let's play that song. We're here with Alice Cooper, live from the Viper Room. Jones's Jukebox, take it away. <laughs>
All right. Just a flip of his wrist and that happens. Just a, just a mere... Yeah, amazing. Toss it away. I love that. Teach me that. <laughs> Do you ever get sick of hearing yourself? I may be one of the only guys. I, you know, I remember early, early on in my career, I heard Jimi Hendrix once say backstage, he says, if I have to play Foxy Lady one more time, and I went, what? You know, I can't imagine not wanting to play that song. Yeah. You know, but honestly, I never get tired of these songs. Uh, you get on stage, I don't like to rehearse them. Yeah, yeah. But you get in front of an audience, and, and they react to those first couple of chords, and yeah. I mean, you're, you're going to play that song great that night. Yeah. yeah. So your big comeback was like in 86 after yeah. all your problems, the drug problems, yeah. and you just, Alice was just a mess. Yes. Right? That's why you went in the nut house. Yeah. It was great. The nut house was great. It was actually a, re- a real vacation from L.A. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But how long was you in there for? I was in there for about a month, two months. Yeah. But everybody was in there was in there not for drugs or alcohol. I found out later on they were all in there for insane like crimes. Cr- cr- really, real it, insane people. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, this guy and this girl, I guess they cut up her husband and put it in a trunk. And I guess love makes you do funny things. But, you know, but I mean, everybody in there was a perfect candidate for a song. Yeah. So that's when the From the Inside album that's came out. That's the album. It, it was the yeah. album. But here was the thing about it. When I played Alice as a drinker, I played him as a, sort of a beat down. He was the whipping boy for society. And all of those kids on the outside, that was, that's, that's who related to Alice Cooper, was the outsiders, right? When I got sober, I couldn't play Alice like that anymore. I said, how am I going to play him now? And I felt great. And I said... I'm going to play him like a really arrogant villain. He's going to be Alan Rickman, you know, just very condescending to everybody. And I said, I'm going to, that's the only way I can think to play him, and it's going to be much more fun to play that way. Yeah. And the audience loved it. They loved the fact that he wouldn't say thank you. He would he yeah. was just, but, but he would, you know, kind of look at the audience in disdain. And at the very end of the show, he'd kind of let him in on it, you know. But it's so much more fun to play the arrogant villain than it is to play the beat down character. Yeah, you know, because I wasn't beat down anymore. I felt great. Yeah. You know? Who who? But then you then you went on a. Oh, that was that was before the blow. Yeah, and then then that arrogant character got really vicious. And you looked really, really ill, man. Yeah, I, but that you know, some of if you were going to look at a character that was really scary, it was that character. Oh man! Because it was he was that was during the um, that was real. That was a special forces tour, and he had the Chinese chopsticks through his hair, you know, and cheeks were like this. And I wouldn't want to meet this guy in an alley because he really looked like a, a hired killer. Yeah, you know. And look, I look back at those pictures like, oh yeah, well I'm not that anymore. <laughs> I don't know how I lived through that. But at least, it, you know, it's documented. Yeah, yeah. You it know. was cool. I think I scared everybody in that. Even the band was yeah. a little frightening, yeah. Yeah. And uh, when you came back, and who were them big muscly dudes on guitar? Kane Roberts. Kane Roberts, he had Stallone's body and Jerry Lewis's brain. <laughs> because uh. here's this guy that would be like this, you know, and he'd take his guitar and snap the neck off and... He was bigger than life. 
great songwriter, played as good as Eddie Van Halen. He was like an incredible guitar player. And then you'd look over and you'd go, what are we doing now with this? I don't know. And I never laughed so hard in my life as working with Kane. To this day, I get a phone call, uh-huh. hello. And you know, I go, oh, here we go. He was the most fun guy to, to work with of anybody. Kane Roberts was. Still is. Yeah. He still is. And he still looks like that. It's amazing. But wasn't that two of them, though? They, they're the Steel Brothers. There were two other guys that were weightlifters. One played drums and one played bass. Okay. So my whole band looked like this, you know, something out of uh, Conan the Barbarian. Right. But they were all good players. Yeah. You know? And then there was this little skinny thing in the front, you know, that was me. Uh, but it, that was a scary band. <laughs> I remember coming to you were rehearsing on a stage because I was uh, hanging out with one of the dancers and she invited oh, okay. me down there. So it, that was the Nightmare Returns, it was called, in 86 or something yeah. like that. Yeah. 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 That was a resurgence of this character. Yeah. But uh, the, it, it said, I said to him, I said, we are not going to do one ballad, no ballads, because I had four ballad hits in a row when rock wouldn't, rock radio wouldn't play hit, they wouldn't play rock. Yeah. They were playing disco. Yeah. So Kiss, Alice, Aerosmith, all they would play was ballads. And I didn't want the audience to think that I, that's all I did. I always put one ballad on every album. Everybody yeah. did that. Yeah. You know? And so the album said on, I think it said, featuring no ballads. <laughs> and it was Kane and I watching every splatter movie we could. And Constrictor and Raise Your Fist and Yell were just splatter albums. I mean, they were just like vicious, horrific lyrics. But he was such a great player. And it was, yeah, it was close, pretty close to being metal. Well, that was well. That was the time, right? That was the whole new thing. Yeah, yeah. you know, really aggressive. I mean, it which was, you fitted in perfectly, though. Yeah. Oh, it was. It worked. It worked great. You know. I mean, it was sort of introdu- re- reintroducing Alice as a new character. Yeah. 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 Remember that band, uh, Jeff Rotol? Yeah. I always thought he was Jeff Rotol, the singer. <laughs> but, you know what I mean? You know what I said about the. You know, but that. You know. When the Sunset Strip hair bands happened, they all wrote great songs. Well, Desmond Child did, you know, yeah. and whoever else, Holly <laughs> Knight, and uh, you know all yeah, the other yeah. great writers. But the bands understood showmanship at that point. Every band did a show, right? Because video forced them into it. MTV. Video said you gotta, you've got to be visual now. So now Poison and Warrant and. Uh, bon Jovi and Motley Crue, the videos looked spectacular. And these bands would get on stage and do that. So I thought it was a really healthy period in rock and roll because it was showbiz. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and then it went to grunge, went just the total opposite of the the roadie look. And then it went to, yeah, it went to flannel. I didn't quite understand that. I I was going to take 20 buses, go to Seattle, pick up all the bands and take them to Disneyland for like a weekend because I said, you can't be this depressed. Come on. <laughs> well, I think, I think Seattle's kind of a depressing place. Well, it was a heroin. It, it, it was a suicide and heroin capital. Yeah. You know, I think it had to do with the weather. I never saw sunshine up there. Yeah. Weird. <laughs> but uh, what are you going to do? <laughs> um, so you are actually, I'm going to plug you right now. Good. Not, not physically, but... <laughs> I'll duck. Alice Cooper with Tesla and Lita Ford. 
at the Hollywood Bowl on May 31st. Yes. I, I, I can't guarantee there won't be panties. Because, you know, there might have to be, that might have to happen again. Pantaloonies, yeah. Well, you have to. You know. um, caller 25, uh, 800 955 KLOS, wins tickets. Yeah, it would be fun. The band I have right now is maybe the best touring band I've ever had. Uh, Anita Strauss on guitar. Yeah. Anita just won Best Guitarist of the Decade. She is an amazing guitar player. Uh, Glenn Sobel on drums, who won Best Drummer. Uh, so the band is like, you know, Ryan Roxy and Chuck Garrick and Tommy, you know, Hendrickson. It's amazing. It's, the show is more theatrical than it was before. Yeah. Yeah. One, one more question before we knock it on the head. Back in the day, um, Steve Hunter and... Um, Dick Wagner. Dick Wagner. Were they in your band? Yes. Did- I had them in the, the Welcome to My Nightmare show, which was a two-year tour that went on forever. They played on all the big... They played in everything. On all and the songs. In fact, Steve Tyler used to say he was so jealous of them. You know, he used to say, how's the dynamic duo? You know, because I had Hunter and Wagner they were in the band. Fantastic they were players. incredible. Still, I mean, uh, Dick passed away. But I did almost, I wrote almost every one of the hits after I left the original band with Dick Wagner. Yeah. So, I mean, we wrote a string of hits together. And Steve Hunter is one of the finest guitar players he ever. He really is. He really you know, is. Uh, he's still, and st- still on my new album, I have him playing on it. And he but just kills where, it. Where did you, where, when did you, they, they wasn't in Detroit when you started your band, right? They were with Lou Reed. Yeah. And Bob Ezrin was producing Lou Reed. And he says, I want to introduce you to these two guitar players. And I knew of Dick Wagner. He was from the band called The Frost. And Steve Hunter was one of these guys that kind of was in a lot of different bands. But he says, when I brought them in for rehearsal and I heard them playing, I went, oh, my gosh. It was like Bloomfield and Bishop, you know from the Paul Butterfield Blues Band, or, yeah. or it was like Jeff Beck and, and Paige together. These two guys were just phenomenal guitar players. Were they New York guys? They were, uh, well, I think Steve Hunter was some Midwest, and uh, Dick was Detroit. Yeah. You know, but Steve Hunter was a Detroit transplant. I mean, he, he was so Detroit, it was yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. You know, so I considered them Detroit players. So all them early pitches was them guys in the band? Oh, yeah. Okay, I can yeah. never figure it out because I yeah. didn't know what they looked like. Yeah, no, they were amazing on stage. And, and when the solos came, I think, on uh, Black Widow, I would give them 15 minutes. And the audience would not, wouldn't, couldn't look away from the stage because they did guitar battles with each other. Yeah. It, you know, it was amazing. That, that Lou Reed song we played at the top of the, uh, uh, the show was from uh, uh, Rock and Roll Animal. And that was them two playing guitars on that track. That's why I wanted to play it. Yeah, we gave them a lot of leeway on the songs too. We said, "Here's this, here's this big heavy song, go." Yeah, you know, it, yeah. it's it's all yours. Yeah. Take it. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're gonna knock it on the head. Let's give a big hand for Alice. Thank you, guys. Thank you. And we'll see you next week. I've got um, Ian and Billy from the cult next week. Oh, great, great, great. So have a good weekend. See you later.